Well, don't you love Pastor Wright? Aren't you thankful for Pastor David Wright, his family? Amen. I give them honor today. Um, I so appreciate them and their apostolic vision, their apostolic leadership. And um, they've just been so kind to me. And they have made me feel right at home here in Maryland. And uh, <clears throat> I'm excited about what God's going to continue to do here in Annapolis and the different campuses that are part of the Antioch community. And um, it's, it's always special to go somewhere that is purely apostolic, purely apostolic. I appreciate that they make room for the fivefold ministry and they believe in the leading and the guiding of the spirit and I am better I am better because God has connected me here with each and every one of you and don't we love the bishop and sister right mother right God bless them we honor you elder God bless you God bless you we appreciate them so very much and I just want to give a big shout out to Brother and Sister McGurk that have just done an outstanding job with these students here at Antioch over the last five years. And their precious baby girl, little Eva, we love them and all of these men on this platform. Gentlemen, God bless you. Let's clap one more time in appreciation for the leadership here. One thing I've noticed that I absolutely love about Antioch is the way you reverence your pastor, your leadership. And I believe wholeheartedly that that is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that you all are so blessed that God is uh, bringing you into such a season of revival and things are being shaken in this city. And make no mistake about it, the spirit world has got its eyes on what's happening in this region. And uh, let me try that one one more time. I said, make no mistake about it, the spirit world has got its eyes on what's happening in this region. Amen. Could you just lift your hands and let's, let's take a moment and let's... Let's just plug into this flow. I don't feel liberty to move on. The Lord has given me a few things to say, but I, I don't feel I don't feel a release to move on just yet. Come on, let's lift our voices all over the house. God, praise God. Come on. I wonder if we could just lift our voices a little bit louder and let's let God know we're hungry for Him. We're desperate for Him. We're thirsty for Him. 
Would you just let the Holy Ghost broaden your vocal cords and could you pray in the Holy Ghost? Come on, when we know not what we should pray for as we ought, the Spirit maketh intercession for us. Come on. Ghost has just dropped a few things in my spirit. It's given me a specific topic to discuss tonight. And the Holy Ghost is going to help us. We're just going to plug in and flow. And if you would, just maintain that same atmosphere of prayer. And you can be seated here tonight. I think it's quite evident that we are living in the 11th hour. We are 11th hour workers. And one of the things that has resonated with me and has stuck with me in the amount of time I've been privileged to be connected with Brother Shelton is he has reminded me several times that before Brother Barnes passed away, he prophesied that in the end times, God would raise up young men and young women that would be prophets that would literally be able to control the elements of weather. They would be able to control the elements of weather for the purpose of distracting the spirit of Antichrist from persecuting the church of the living God. 
so that we could focus on end-time harvest and end-time revival. I believe that perhaps some of those prophets could be in the very room that you and I occupy here tonight. Now, I don't know why every time I make a statement like that from behind the pulpit in an apostolic environment, for whatever reason, I still feel a little bit of kickback. It's because we have been so conditioned to believe that God can use anybody else in that dimension except us. We have been so conditioned to believe that that's only for an elite group of people or a select few group of people. But I want you to know that there are more prophetic voices among us than what you realize. There are young men and young women that God has connected me with over the last two years since the pandemic that God has elevated in the body. And while you don't know their name and you may never know their names, you still need to understand the fact that there are young nameless prophets among us that have an understanding of the spirit world. We get so caught up in what is happening in the natural world that we miss out on what is happening in the spirit world. Can I remind you here tonight that the spirit world is the real world. This world that we are a part of here in the natural is not the real world. That is the created world. But the real world is the spirit world. It pre-exists. It, it predates time and creation. It is more real than anything that is tangible that you can place in your hand or you can taste with your mouth. And in this hour, God is needing to raise up young prophets that have got an understanding of what the eye cannot see and what the ear cannot hear, what the nose cannot smell, what the mouth cannot taste and what the hands cannot feel. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me in prayer the other day and said there are prophets in Antioch who do not know they are prophets. There are prophets sitting in these chairs here today and across these campuses uh, that God has begun to stir certain giftings in you and you've begun to feel certain emotions uh, and you're frustrated and you think something is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with you. There are just certain emotions that accompany the office of a prophet and the gifting of the prophetic uh, and you don't know what you are and who you are in the kingdom yet. And in 2019, in December of 2019, God spoke to me and told me to begin to preach alignment in the body. He said, I'm about to bring my body into alignment so I can prepare them for a fresh visitation. And this is the last thing he told me. He said, I am about to bring prophets out of the caves. And ever since then, God, like I've already said, God has begun to connect me to individuals that are not even in their 30s and their 40s yet, that are operating in prophetic dimensions that past generations did not step into until they were in the sunset years of their life. It's because we are in a season of prophetic acceleration where God is expediting some things and young people are tapping into giftings and anointings. We need to stop right here because there's not a level of hunger in this room yet to receive this word. I want you to lift your hands all over the house and open your spirit. Lift your hands all over the house and open your spirit. We need to plug in. There's a disconnect. I can tell some of you are disconnected.
I want you to lift your voice and plug in right now. Be seated, but I want you to stay hungry throughout this service. There's going to be a release in this house of apostolic impartation, but I need you to stay with me and let's flow in the Holy Ghost. And so we are in a season of prophetic acceleration where God is expediting the process. And there are young men and young women across the apostolic movement that are tired of just being good Pentecostals, that are tired of just fitting in with the status quo and operating in the mundane. They are hungry and they are discontent with anything less than apostolic. And John the Baptist was a forerunner for Jesus Christ. He was, he was one that prepared the way for the next visitation that would enter into the world. And that is an Old Testament principle. Because in the Old Testament we read where the Bible said the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah. And the Bible said that he outran the chariot of the king into the city of Jezreel. The reason that there was an acceleration on his life by the hand of the Lord is because he had to be a forerunner for the king to let the city know that the king is on the way. God is raising up prophets to go to the city and let the city know that the king is coming. That we are about to be thrust into this final visitation from the Holy Ghost. And that we are about to step into this end time harvest and this end time revival. And we see where God speaks to Elijah. And God speaks to Elijah. And he says, I want you to go and I want you to anoint Jehu as the next king of Israel. And for whatever reason, Elijah does not complete that task. And then we see where that prophetic ministry, it shifts from Elijah and it rests upon Elisha. And the Bible said that Elisha was too old to make the journey to Ramoth Gilead where Jehu was to anoint him as the king of Israel. But what does Elisha do to make sure that that task was completed that the last two generations did not? complete. In 2 Kings chapter 9, the Bible said that he calls for a young, nameless prophet that nobody had ever heard of. And this is what he tells him. He says, gird up your loins and take this box of oil and go to Ramoth Gilead, which literally means the high place of Gilead. And walk into the room where Jehu is and open up that box of oil and pour it upon his head. And say, thus saith the Lord, 
I have anointed thee as king of Israel. But why did he tell him to gird up his loins? It's because Elisha understood the urgency of the task before him demands him to run with the oil, not walk with the oil. I want you to understand that that generation, they did not see that task completed. Elisha and Elijah did not see that task completed. But God raised up a young nameless prophet that carried the oil to a higher place than any generation before him had ever carried it to. And the Bible goes on down to say in verse number 4, watch this. It says the prophet, even the young man, the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. Look at the wording that the writer used there. It said the prophet, even the young man, the prophet. It's like the writer was saying, we would have expected Elijah to do it. Or we would have expected Elisha to do it. But because of the urgency of the hour, even the young man will carry the oil to a higher place uh, than the last two generations uh, have ever carried the oil. Can I tell you we don't have time to wait until you're in your 40s or your 50s uh, before that prophetic gifting is activated in your life. Uh, You've got leadership here that will turn you loose uh, and God is about to stir that gifting uh, in this generation greater than he is ever. You cannot walk with the oil. There's got to be an urgency in you. uh, There's got to be an acceleration in your spirit that says we've got to be urgent. We've got to be speedy. We've got to run because the king is coming into the city. We are a prophetic people. I said, we are a prophetic people. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me when the pandemic began to take place. And he said that if my people would submit to the process that I am putting them in the middle of, the purpose is to bring them into kingdom alignment and prepare them for end-time harvest and an end-time revival and an end-time visitation, the likes of which they have never seen. And he spoke to me and said, this is the first phase of Ezekiel 37 where the prophet spoke the word and the bodies were brought back into alignment and then he said I am going to bring them into the second phase of Ezekiel 37 where he does not speak to the word but he speaks to the atmosphere and the spirit brings a revival to the body that was previously brought into alignment we are getting an apostolic alignment and God is about to bring a revival to every body of Christ that is submitted to the process of alignment over the last two years but you've got to understand there is a prophetic element in the DNA of every New Testament believer and it cannot happen this end time revival cannot happen if the prophetic people do not open their voice and begin to call things that are not as though they already were we need prophetic voices in this building that will open up their mouth and prophesy to Antioch prophesy to this youth group uh, prophesy to this body prophesy to this region uh, and speak to things to come back to life Uh. 
Why don't you open up your mouth and begin to speak things into this atmosphere right now? But in 2 Kings chapter 4, in 2 Kings chapter 4, the Shunammite woman, she builds a room for the prophet in her home. The bride made room for the prophet. And the prophet looked at her and he said, by this time next year, your son is going to be born. In other words, by this time next year, your future is going to be manifest. But this woman, this bride, her future dies. And so what does the woman do? She gives her future to the prophet. And the prophet takes the woman's future and puts it in the room that she built for the prophet. And he shuts the door behind him. And he lays on top of that woman's future. And he aligns his eyes with the boy's eyes. His hands with the boy's hands. And his mouth with the boy's mouth. Can I tell you the purpose of the office of the prophet in the apostolic church uh, is to align the bride's future with what he sees, with what he says, and with what he does. And when the body gets back into alignment with the office of the prophet, the bride's future will come back to life uh, and it will be greater than it has ever been before. Ah, but the problem is... But the problem is we as an apostolic movement, we as a Pentecostal movement, we have not made room for prophets the way we should make room for prophets. You see, we want the visitation, but we don't want the prophet that brings us in alignment so we can have the visitation. We want the end time revival, but we don't want the prophet that brings judgment so we can repent and stay pure enough to possess this end time revival. And that is exactly the pattern that was played out in the nation of Israel. They said, we don't want Samuel anymore. We don't want a prophet anymore. Give us a king. Give us a politician so we can be like every other nation. Can I tell you what they did was they, was they rejected Samuel and they selected Samuel. We are never more like the world than when we replace prophets with personalities. I said we are never more like the world than when we replace prophets with personalities. There have got to be individuals God raises up that belong to God, that are God's boys, that are God's girls, that will open up their mouth and speak thus saith the Lord without fear nor favor of man. We've got to have prophetic voices that will speak what God says to speak. Shut up.
And we need prophetic voices in this church that have got their finger on the pulse of the Spirit that'll say this may not be very popular. This may cause me to be an oddball and not fit in with everybody else. But this is where the cloud is moving. God wants to raise up individuals in this church that have got an awareness of what the eye cannot see, what the ear cannot hear, what the mouth cannot taste, what the nose cannot smell. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is a world... That is beyond the natural realm. It is an invisible realm. And we've got to step out of the flesh and flow in the Holy Ghost like we've never flowed in the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands all over the house. Let's pray right here. Come on. There, there are individuals in this room right now that God has tried to activate that prophetic gifting in you. But you are so convinced that your past and your failures are going to disqualify you from operating in that prophetic gifting. I want you to understand that your past does not hinder God from using you in that dimension of the Spirit. God looked at Jeremiah and he said before I formed you in the belly I knew you and I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations and what does Jeremiah do he begins to list all of his failures all of his inadequacies and he thought that that would prevent him from operating as a prophet in the kingdom of God but I want you to understand that Jeremiah's deficiency was developed after his birth but his destiny was developed before his birth a deficiency developed after your birth will not negate a destiny assigned to you before your birth you were a prophet before you were born now rise up out of that guilt out of that condemnation hey Moses I know you stutter but I made your mouth and when it's time to prophesy I'll be with your mouth There ought to be somebody in this house uh, that rises to your feet and says, I'm stepping into my prophetic gifting. I loose you in this house right now. Let your hunger be made known. By the authority of the word of God, lift your hands right now. In the power of the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of condemnation on you right now. I bind the spirit of Jezebel. The devil is a liar. You were a prophet before you were formed in your womb.
I know what I've felt in prayer about individuals in this church, but I want to help some of you understand. I want to help some of you understand the emotions you've been feeling. You don't know who you are in the kingdom yet, but you feel certain emotions, and you think something is wrong with you because out of nowhere you started feeling those emotions. I want to help you with that in this house. It is the spirit of Jezebel, and Jezebel causes fear and depression on the life of a prophet. It is not depression. That's just the only adjective you can attach to that emotion. It is a heaviness that comes on you out of nowhere. And it does not lift off of you. But you are confused because every time you feel the weightiness of that depression that you think is depression, you feel you feel that depression. But you are confused because every time you go to prayer, you tap into a dimension of prayer that you don't tap into without that weight and without that spirit and emotion of depression on you I want you to know it is not depression it is a call to prayer because God has put a word in your spirit and the only way to get the word out is to carry that heaviness into a prayer closet and pray until that word comes out of your mouth nothing is wrong with you you're not depressed you're a prophet of God and there's a word in your spirit Some of you are praying with that weight right now. You walked into this house uh, with that heaviness uh, and now God's giving you revelation. Uh, it's the weight of a word. Nothing's wrong with you, man of God. Nothing's wrong with you, woman of God. You're not depressed. That's just what it feels like. There's a word in your spirit. And God's going to teach you how to manage those emotions. He's going to teach you how to walk. And when you feel that depression set on you. It's important that you know it's not depression. That's just what it feels like. It's the weight of a word. And some of you have been in a dark place because you've taken ownership of depression as an attack from the enemy. But it's confusing because you go to your prayer closet. And you tap into the spirit and God begins to speak to you things. And you're saying, why am I feeling so depressed? But yet God is speaking to me so clearly. It's because God's trying to help you understand the balance to that prophetic gifting. You're not depressed. You're just under the weight of a word. 
And the spirit of Jezebel wants to make the prophet fearful of his tomorrow. And when the Lord spoke that to me in December of 2019, that he's about to bring prophets out of the caves, what spirit did we fight the most in the apostolic church? The spirit of fear. It's because the spirit of Jezebel was reacting to what God was setting in motion in the spirit realm. That spirit knew that prophets were about to come out of the cave. So it released that spirit of fear in the earth to try and cause the body of Christ to be fearful of her tomorrow. All right, here we go. There's, there's uh, that, that hunger's here. There's about to be an impartation. And God's going to activate that gift in some of you. But here's what God said when Elijah was fearful of his tomorrow because of the spirit of Jezebel. God spoke to Elijah and said, I know you're afraid. But I want you to get up from where you are. And I want you to take that prophetic ministry. And I want you to transfer it to the next generation. Get up and anoint Elisha as the prophet in the room. And through the pandemic, there has been a hole created in the prophetic office in the body of Christ. Brother Hernandez, no longer with us. Thomas Wendrost, apostle and prophet of God, no longer with us. And there's now a hole in that prophetic office. It's because God understood that there's going to be young men and young women he raises up. And they have to see that there is now a gap in the prophetic office. And somebody's got to fill it. I feel like we need to lift our hands and let's just let's just feel after the Holy Ghost here. Be sensitive to the Holy Ghost.
All right. Hey, Elijah. The hand of the Lord is upon you. And God's about to accelerate you. Because you've got to get to the city and tell them the king is coming. The king is coming. Young, nameless prophet, there's a high place you've got to carry this oil to. But you can't walk with this anointing. You've got to run with it. There are angels in this room. There are angels that just stepped into this building. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. The Lord just spoke to me and told me why those angels are here. In the book of Acts, Peter's locked away in a prison. But there was prayer made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And God released angels into that prison. And when that angel released Peter from the prison, this is what the Bible said. It said he was delivered from the expectation of the people. The Holy Ghost just spoke to me. And said that he has released that angel into this room to deliver you from the expectation of the people. Because this prophetic gifting will not make sense to everybody else. But he's going to deliver you from what everybody else expects of you with this gifting. I'm telling you there's a shift. There's a transfer happening in this room right now. There's a transfer. There's a transfer happening in this room right now. When I say go, I want you to pray. The light is going off for some of you. The light is going off for some of you. You've been walking around with that emotion of depression. And God's giving you revelation in this house that it's not depression. It's just the weight of a word in your spirit. When I say go, I want you to go after this prophetic anointing in this house. By the authority of the word of the Lord. and the power of the name of Jesus. I release that prophetic gifting in this house. I call forth that gift that is dormant in every individual in this house. I speak to it, and in the name of Jesus, I command it to activate. I bind the spirit of Jezebel. I bind fear right now, and I loose you from the expectation of the people. Prophet, rise up out of that cave. Are you ready? Go! Go! Go, prophet!
Come on, young prophet. You've got to run with this. We don't have time to wait until you're 40 and 50. You've got to gird up your loins. Go to the high place. You've got to run with it. You've got to run.
Come on, that's it. God's activating that gift in this room right now. God can speak to some of you before you even walk out of this building. If God speaks to you, come on, Elijah. Go speak the word. Get out of that cave of fear. You're being liberated from the expectation of the people. Come on. If God gives you a word, open your mouth. 